Our podcast is intended for mature audiences. We will be using adult language and listener discretion is advised. We'd like to remind everyone that we don't have all the answers. Our discussions are opportunities for us to understand the world around us with the information that we have. That means we may say things that are inaccurate, false, or possibly offensive. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Excellent. Hey. Hey, man. Man. What up? A lot of shit has happened between last (laughs) week and today, man. It's crazy. (laughs) I think our last episode was the day before the election happened. Man. Oh, gosh. And America is probably the same. Vulcan. For the most part. Donald Trump is the president-elect at this point. Hopefully, you know, when they put those votes in in December... Somebody changes their mind. <laughs> did you did you hear his uh, his most recent statements on the electoral college? No, are they trying to dismantle it? It's not gonna yeah, happen. He he says he feels the system is unfair and uh, that it was like uh, when he was asked about how uh, the electoral college pretty much clinched his victory, he said he wished that the sim- the system was simpler. I feel like he really is That's not right. ready. Like, I feel like he was saying like. To me, it was like a cry for help. Like, help me. I don't know how to be president. I think we all saw that in the interview with him and Obama. Yeah. I think you could yeah. read his face so clearly. He was never worried up until that point. You could see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could it see the reality a... setting in. He was like, oh, fuck. I, I am president. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah. He, he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, this actually happened. I was just doing this for publicity. Freedom to my Oompa Loompas. Yeah. I mean, it's. I haven't it's seen intense. the South Park episode about it, but I'm sure it's a doozy. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, this, yeah, this election has been crazy, but I mean, one for the history books. And I actually saw I saw something funny earlier today where it, it was talking about Mike Pence. And uh, it was a video, video footage of Mike Pence meeting and his wife meeting uh, Joe Biden and Jill Biden. Yeah, yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. It was that. hysterical, dude. Joe, Joe Biden has no chill whatsoever. He's awesome. He's so, so, so Joe dude, Biden's. <laughs> Basically, for those of you that haven't seen the video, shout out to the Joe Biden memes. Right. (laughs) For those of you that haven't seen the video, apparently Joe Biden and Mike Pence met up today, and so they were posing for like a a little photo op in front of the cameras. And somebody from the camp, one of the camera reporters or whatnot, uh, was like, "Joe, uh, how do you genuinely feel meeting Mike Pence for the first time?" And Joe goes. I'm not happy about it. Or, or, or something along those lines. Like, I'm not happy. And then he said it with like a smile on his face. And like, are you just saying that? Or are you genuinely not happy about it? He's like, I'm not. <laughs> we'll try to splice some of that in or we'll post a video on our website. But dude, he has no chill. And those Joe Biden, Barack Obama, best friend memes are the best. The only solace. For real. I mean, it. but on a more real note, though, this election has been a little wild. Um, this cycle has been one for the ages. And obviously, uh, there was some stuff that came out today that said that Hillary Clinton was up by 1.7 million votes on the popular vote. 1.7 yeah. million. Yeah. Another interesting piece that I saw today on social was how they said that 1 million, basically the, the Donald Trump presidency is causing New York are costing New Yorkers $1 million a day. Wow. Because they have to, New York has to guard Donald Trump Tower because oh, of... Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't and, even think of that. Yeah, and so it's costing New York City taxpayers, shout out to New York City taxpayers, a $1 million a day, apparently. I need Jeez. to check the sources on that, but 
that's where I saw it today. If anyone on our uh, listenership knows, please educate us on that subject. Uh, speaking of millions, while that was all happening with Hamilton, millions. <laughs> that while that was happening with Hamilton, uh, Trump University got settled out for what twenty five million. Says the man that never settles. He said his words. Oh my God, that was so beautiful. There was an article. It said. Donald Trump never settles, right? In his own words, he says, those people that settle are the people that are guilty. Those are his words. Yo, Republicans out there, show me the sources. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that Donald Trump made that up himself because he did. But, like, there's no such thing as citation or sources with Republicans. It's on record. <laughs> it's documented. They will still deny it. Right. <laughs> but, oh, man. If you did not it's see satisfying. this whole election, right. 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> on a different note, uh... Lavar Stoney won mayor of the of Richmond. I think we talked about mayor that last Stoney. time too. Huh? Did we? Well, no. It was the, the, the it was the day before the election. Oh yeah, yeah, Lavar Stoney. Yeah. So Lavar won the election for mayor here in the city of Richmond, which is a, a huge deal given the fact that he was third or fourth in the polls, and he and then the he came out of yeah. nowhere like a wrecking ball. You know what actually cemented his victory was actually him winning the VCU vote. He was he wasn't wow. supposed to win that district, but earlier in the day he was out there talking to voters up until the yeah. polls closed, yeah. and he was not he was talking like shaking hands in the VCU vote, the yeah, second district carried him through which so, was congratulations oh, wow. some pictures of that night i was there and he was uh in line with everyone we must have been like hundreds of people in that line you know and it wrapped around the entire compass? city block dominion yeah. oh okay. yeah yeah that was the that's the closest well, that's the picture that you took yeah yeah that's okay, the closest yeah, yeah. uh polling place on vcu campus and so it wrapped the line wrapped around the entire city block from the entrance of the building, that's where the line began and ended. It went around the whole thing, and then inside the building it winded. But Stony was going around the whole line, just like you know, meeting people, everything. He got a lot of those VCO votes that night. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the district that carried him through, which is pretty awesome. I mean, right. his, his slogan should have been, "Lavar Stony is my homie." A, a campaign manager, twenty twenty, twenty he's gonna come back. You you voted by Uh Why do you say like that? That's surprising. I I mean I don't know. I feel like in our conversations we've talked about the futility of the vote. So I, I don't know. Since two thousand nine, every eligible election I voted. My man. My man. Good, good. Senator and everything? Senator um, races? Uh, the gubernatorials, uh, I missed a few Senate ones, but almost every other one, yeah. Good That's for you, what's man. up. Yeah. We, need to, more- we need people from minority communities to start voting a little bit more and you know, realizing the, the impact that they have. So, Man, so another great thing happened this week. Adam, how's the sun treating you? Pokemons. Sun and Moon came out. It's fantastic. Past like the two-hour introduction where it's all super handholdy and like, oh, you don't know how to do anything. You're helpless type of attitude. Like after that, like the difficulty ramps up. Like they really just kind of throw you into the volcano. It's terrifying. Yeah, they, they, I don't know. I feel I feel like Nintendo really panders to its younger crowd with that and has the big handholding, but they also know that you know twenty somethings. Um, mid study to late, this shit. study this shit, <laughs> and and still play it. So yeah. they they granted they have the introduction right there, but 
Once yeah. it gets into it, it gets into it. I'd like no, to see yeah, the sales demographics. Like I'm sure that the I'm sure that the younger, like let's say K, uh, not even kindergarten, let's say first through ninth grade children, right? Yeah. I want to see I want to see that age group. I want to see the amount of money that parents spent on their children in that age group, and then I'd like to see like the eighteen to twenty four because that's our generation. It's you know, true. That's our cohort, and I'd like to see those numbers match up. Yeah, man, and I, as someone who bought for both demographics, right? Like Pokemon taught me how to freaking read, so yeah. it's uh, it it motivated me to read, I should say, because I wanted to figure out what was going on in the game. Yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing. Like Nintendo, such has a has such a remarkable ten million globally. Well, yeah, they have such a remarkable like hold over the market. It's amazing. They understand exactly who to cater to, whether it be children or our generation. For and, their handhelds, at least. Yeah, for their yeah. handhelds. I don't even <laughs> worry about their consoles, it, especially since the Switch is going to become a handheld. Yeah, it's going to be a weird... You can say that it is a handheld. Yeah, at this it's, point, it's, it might as well be. It's going to be It's going to be a weird bastard child. Let's not... Uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I like I appreciate that because again, like I said, it was handholdy. But um, like the difficulty ramp up happened almost immediately. Like as soon as you learned the mechanics, you had your first rival battle, and like I don't know, I have a weird theory about the game. I think like this time you're supposed to be the rival because now your starter has the type advantage over your quote unquote rivals. Interesting. So I think it's weird. So like yeah, I started with the grass owl because he's like fantastic and has a bow tie and like uh i expected my rival to have like the fire cat but no he had the seal and i was like what's going on i feel evil like i'm like pretty much bulldozing through the guy and i feel terrible about it you know do you have to understand their the early versions of pokemon to be able to play sun and moon or no no they're usually pretty independent games yeah. yeah Yeah, there's they, they're, they're making all the new pokemon they're so like, that's i'm like i don't know fantasy, who that is. kind of like they'll have similar it's the same format. It's the same format, yeah. Because yeah. I was addicted to the early games, but I mean that obviously fell off for like a subject of like what ten years. Right. So then, like me picking up now, I wonder what that would be like. Since I don't know any you new do, Pokemon, you'd or fit right in. It's but, almost exactly the same. It's not hard to pick up a Pokemon. It's game. actually it's actually it's been actually, twenty. Years it's probably awesome. easier. It's now pretty jarring too, because the last time I really played a Pokemon game was Silver. Right, mm. and then my next one was Omega Ruby. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic! So it was that's a, a huge jump. It was a huge jump, and it wasn't necessarily that I didn't see any gameplay between those two titles or anything like that. But actually, playing it for longer than five minutes on on Pokemon X or anything, it was it was it was awesome. It was a little jarring, but it was awesome. I think yeah. they may have the biggest generational gap because I never finished any of them except for Blue. <laughs> so i'm going from blue all the way to moon so i, I played a little uh, bit moon. of emerald that's about it though i didn't play any of the ds ones or anything else so give your 20 second review adam go my 20 second review oh dang that's so uh you're scaring me uh we're trying to make we're trying to emulate the game for you yeah yeah um, so far, I find the pacing to be a little bit fast, but necessary. Um, I really like what they've done with the story so far, and the new Pokemon designs are great. So far, it's getting pluses for me. The only negative is the hand-holding at the beginning, because I think it was a little... Like, there's a... They had a pretty good middle ground with how they did it in Omega Ruby, but this time it was, like, really, really, like, I was grinding my teeth, like, trying to get into the game. 
True. Have you so, yeah. experienced any problems with Pokemon Bank? I don't use Pokemon Bank. What is that? Educate me. Uh, a place where you put your Pokemon and transfer between games. Oh, is that a DS thing? Or is that what, like, no, yes. no, I mean, it's been around for since the since uh, I think it's... Oh, is that the thing upstairs in the Pokecenters? No, 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 no. It's like a separate thing. Nintendo servers. Yeah, it's a separate thing. Like, that's oh. how you can get different gen Pokemon in a new oh, game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like older so, yeah. ones. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take all my level 100s from Blue and then bring them over to Moon. <laughs> Yo, that's soggy as fuck. That's, that's what I... You should speed run and see but how the, fast you can do it. But that's not know. how it works. I don't, know, yeah, I don't know if you can do it from that big of a jump. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't command level 100 Pokemon if you don't have the right badges. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, true, because that's, how, because that's how Ash couldn't that's control Charizard. Yeah, exactly. Because he wasn't strong enough. No respect. Put some respect on Charizard's name. Although he was a little... Oh. A little I'm going to find him a single. There's going to be one. There is no, there is no, nope, there is no, there is no missing no here. No, Adam, it hasn't been discovered yet, okay? That's actually true. You don't know Listen, I will find it, and I'm not going to tell you how I got it. You don't need to tell me, man. You bought the $100 walkthrough that you get at GameStop (laughs) with the poster, son. (laughs) My, my uncle works for game day edition. I know. Go school, you. school, you. But I think, yeah, I think in our little, I think in our little group, like I think I'm the only one who's pretty much played from every generation as soon as they've come out. I feel really mm. weird about that now, guys. So thanks. <laughs> no, I've played from Heart Gold. <laughs> Just coming from. No, I mean, I tried to play. I think Omega Ruby, right? Yes. <laughs> that is. Did that I just is make one. up? Did I just make one up? No, no, that's right. <laughs> okay, I it's played. I tried, I've tried to play that, and there's diamond. There's a diamond, right? Yeah, diamond. There is diamond. Okay. See, so I'm like mixed mm-hmm. i skipped generations yeah. i guess i don't know that grandfather's paradox works for me in uh pokemon but uh, yeah that's what i'm saying i'm saying like i've pretty much like as soon as the new games come out i've played every single one Damn, coming nice. from my perspective i kind of was shunned out of, out of pokemon because not not to bring in that narrative of, of people because oh, you're me. a girl and you play pokemon and video games what are you doing that's stupid but it was really stupid Misogyny was... in video games is real. Video game culture. Video yeah, game culture. Misogyny in everything is real. Let's get that clear real quick. It's true. <clears throat> Speaking of misogyny, UFC 205. <laughs> <Son>. <laughs> <laughs> a great transition. Fantastic. Great boys transition. fighting boys. Boy, no. What's look, better than this? Carolina had a savage match. Yes. Her and JJ, oh my god, mad respect. That was a oh, that was a great match. Fight. That was a great yeah. match. Those two women, they poured their hearts out Man. and they yeah. Yeah. earned Terrible. and deserved every single second of the time they spent in that octagon. It is phenomenal. They were nice. both in Car- Yeah, and Carolina was dude. She, she could They're take both a punch. From, uh, both from Poland. Yeah, that was good. I saw that. That was, that was big for their country. Huge for yeah. their country. Yeah. Absolutely. And <clears throat> the headline. Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. The second round knockout, I called it. Oh, spoilers, by the way. If you haven't seen it by now, <laughs> he caught fuck a body. Off, watch it. He caught up. Yeah, body, it was man. it was sad. Eddie Alvarez was not ready. And I feel like he's been depressed. If you see him on social media, his tweets, Instagram, yeah. he's been like, man, I was not ready. I, I let him play the match. He, he was very clear. He definitely said... 
you know, I was supposed to move move left, move right, and wrestle, but he never did any of that. He just boxed them. And the fun- you could see Connor was just easy. He was very laid back in the entire match. You could even see like Connor in this match was a different Connor than any of the Nate Diaz fights. Because you could tell when he yeah, fought Nate yeah. Diaz, he was in a different level. Yeah. He knew that, you know, Nate Diaz might actually be able to beat me. You know, hence the first fight. And, it, and he actually lost. And the second fight, you knew. He was like, man, I'm coming back with a vengeance. But it still went all five rounds. I think it was five rounds, right? All five rounds. And went to decision. So, I don't know, man. I might be jumping on that Connor bandwagon, even though I've been pretty soggy. What were you saying last episode, though? I, w- I wanted him to lose. Like, yeah. That was the thing. Is that like uh-huh. I don't like him, but I do. Yeah. That's the seats, thing. Though. That's that's the epitome of what Karen is, though. You don't like him, but you but do. Yeah. <laughs> but the but really the fight of the night was the night the fight right before the Conor McGregor match. Oh my God, Tyrone yeah. Woodley. What? I was trying to put A you onto that fight. Oh, like, also, did you know Tyrone Woodley was in uh, Straight Outta Compton? Match. I don't care if you really? heard that. Yes, yeah, Tyrone Woodley was a. Uh, I don't. He was an extra in Straight uh, Outta Compton. What? Yeah. What? Yo, for real? What did he play? What, what was? See, it? we mentioned Straight Outta Compton. The cops come. That's fucked up, yo. <laughs> Fuck the police. Well, Not well, actually, the Blue Lives Matter. No god. But I mean that match though. That match. That oh match was god. a real deal. It went straight, straight to five, and then even the announcer got it wrong. He was like, "Actually, this is the first <laughs> time I've ever seen Bruce Buffer make a mistake." I thought that was some fuck shit at the yeah, end. Yeah, I think yo, I would, I, like, I completely agree with Tyrone Woodley just leaving. I mean, mad props to Stephen Thompson. Yeah, Stephen seriously, Thompson, Stephen Thompson. Fuck, you know, fucking karate kid out there. For he real, was, he was good. Yeah, he fucking lasted that guillotine yeah. that he had yeah. in the fifth round. Oh my god! For those of you that didn't see the match, essentially what happened was spoiler alert that Tyrone Tyrone Woodley won the match. But what happened was the announcer said. Tyrone Woodley, his first announcement was, "Yes, you won the match on a on a, um, it was a split decision, decision split right? Decision. Split decision. And then he came back, and they got both, both fighters back in the in the center, saying, "Actually, it was a it was a draw. It was a it was a draw majority. Draw majority. 47-47, 47 and forty eight forty seven, which means the same thing. It's still a split decision. They just." Labeled it different, right? Which is stupid because in a draw, I guess the champion retains the title. You can't, you know, you can't get a title on a draw. Correct. Right. So technicalities. I know it was. I don't know. I think Woodley won that match. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. agree. Even with the split decision, yeah. I didn't agree. I feel like he had a lot of the rounds. Agreed. But you know, for those of you that didn't see the match, also there was at one point in the in one of the rounds, and I think it was in like the third round, where he literally Stephen Thompson, he had him in a, a winning position, and. Stephen Thompson, like he, I think the, the ref almost called the match, but he let him play on because he saw that he was still defending himself, right? Yeah, yeah. And but and it was a good thing good because call, he ended yeah. up getting back up and fighting that for the rest of the round. The, the ref did a great job. Shout out to the ref in that match. He was a phenomenal. Right. He did a good job. Yeah. Do you he know where the ref was from? Because they typically be from like they're from different countries, right? Just to try to represent the fighters. The ref. Yeah, because uh, no, I thought the, the, ref, the refs have to be sanctioned with the state that they're fighting in. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. And by the way, the fight was in NYC. New York City, Madison Square Garden. Oh my God, let's talk about the records. The Mecca! Oh my God, it was awesome. The, the MSG. MSG. Man, they set so many records. I know. Jay-Z was not in the audience. I was kind of... <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. Probably because he was like, yo, fuck this shit. It should have been in Brooklyn. Very important. should have been in Brooklyn. Very important. It wasn't... It was, well, no, he was trying to basically trying to make a, a point of emphasis given yeah, the fact that go. he owns the Barclays Center. It could have been in the Barclays Center. You're yeah. right. Yeah. 
No, but it, it was uh, it was sick. Man. Phenomenal match, man. Mm-hmm. UFC 205 was definitely one to remember, though. Now, let's see what happens, man. Floyd Mayweather, fuck that bitch. If he fights Conor McGregor, I'm in Conor's corner all really? day. Really? Hell yeah. Yeah, fuck, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck that, that dude. Seriously. I'll fight him. He can knock my ass out, but I'm not scared of getting in the ring with him. No, he talks a lot of gaming. And obviously, he backs yeah, it up with his yeah. fights, but he, I mean, that dude is, is like a Look, filthy-ass motherfucker. I think, I think it depends dude. on the rules they agree to, man. Uh, I think if it's if it's boxing, I think I think Floyd's gonna take it. Of course, know, but yeah. if it's MMA, it's obviously, <laughs> it, it's yeah, gonna, if it's MMA, Conor could just run away or tackle him and take him to the ground. There's no yeah, way that Floyd'd exactly, be ready for yeah, exactly. an MMA match. Did Conor get br- bigger for the the Alvarez match though? Did he no, get he like got, he lost weight? He actually. lost weight, yeah, because it's a it was a feather. No, lightweight. lightweight. It was a lightweight match because <laughs> the match that he had with Nate Diaz was a. Middleweight, I believe. I might be completely wrong because I know he had to gain weight. Okay. He had to change yeah, weight yeah. class and go up a weight class. Yeah, yeah. So. And I guess the big, the big uh, end of story was that this is the first time that a UFC um, UFC wrestler has had two belts at the same yeah. time, yeah, right? From yeah, two yeah. separate divisions. UFC he fighter, two I separate. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. About that. Yeah. I don't That's think the fight's going to happen though. I don't think it will either. No, it's like, not he happen. said $100 million to fight, right? Yeah. That's, that's not that much, though, right? And honestly, well, I that's think how much Floyd's going to put up, right? Something I thought so. I thought it was actually was more than that. I don't know. But Floyd's going to, he's going to duck him like he did Pacquiao. He's going to duck him like he did the ALS challenge for 50 Cent. Throwback. 50 Cent said, if you read a page out of a Harry Potter book, I'll donate $750,000. <laughs> That's what he said. Yo, shout out to J.K. Rowling. Is that a direct quote? It's a direct quote. There's a video. That's, that's a great segue. That's a great segue yeah. into our next co- ne- next so, topic. Speaking of Harry Potter, I think some of us went and saw Fantastic, <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Beasts and where you can find them. True. Where yeah. can you find them? Huh? Where can you find them? In the movie. In 1926. <laughs> bow tie. Yeah, bow tie. <laughs> 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 bow tie theaters. Shout out to bow tie theater. Um, yeah, oh, so wait, t- wait, 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 wait. Harry Potter's a little bitch. Continue. It's true. Yeah, he, he felt uh, going to feel some type of way about Harry Potter because he feels like he didn't read the actual, it. I, actually, the actual, the actual, boy. yeah, yeah. Not Daniel Radcliffe. Don't worry. No, nah, Daniel so Radcliffe's a G. He yeah, did the yeah. best he could with what he had. True. But Daniel, I mean, uh, Harry Potter, the character, he's a little bitch. Fantastic Beast, man. Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor. Remember that time we saw Lady in Black at the theaters? Yes. Woman Black. Woman in Black. Woman in Black. Yeah, and there's those people that were sitting behind us, and they were loud as fuck. Bro. Yo, seriously, yo, yo they were so they, fucking loud. <laughs> yo, they, we had another, we had a pretty much the same situation. Oh my god, that was the worst. Anyway, but Fantastic Beast was sick. We had a little movie marathon with Harry Potter the day before, and then, uh, or actually the day after, and we saw Fantastic Beast um, that night before at eleven thirty, which was. Hello, <laughs> nerds. Um, we learned <laughs> a lot about it. Fantastic Beasts. No, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, literally, it was so funny. Chris Weidman was up in the stands. Or no, Michael Bisping. Yeah, yeah. It's Michael Bisping. Yeah. Was up in the stands. 
And he flipped him off. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I love you. I never do that to you. I love you, Michael. I love you. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I thought I was watching Burn Notice again. Saw that. <laughs> God, Burn Notice was a trip. I don't know if we can return to Beasts after that. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> Beasts, man. So Tori's the, the educated uh, person on this, and she's actually read um, all, all the books. The books. And <laughs> I've read part of the books, and uh, she knows a lot more than me on this subject, <laughs> so I'm just going to defer to Tori. But it was, it was Bala, Shakala. Tell us what you think. What, what did you think about the actual book? Fantastic Beasts? Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Beasts isn't actually a book, right? It's just so like a text. So for, for people who don't know... Why don't you let her finish what it is? For people who don't know, the actual title, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, is a textbook that Harry Potter was supposed to read and during his schooling. He didn't. Hermione did, but he didn't. Ron, maybe. We don't know. But there actually is a publication of the book, um, I want to mm-hmm. say back in early 2000s. Um, yeah. 2001, um, I'm assuming. That's accurate. About then. Uh, I didn't actually read that. Uh, because isn't it an actual textbook? It's not like something you actually can read, right? I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm it, it reads not like, knowledgeable it reads like in a, the... It reads like a field manual. Right, right. I, checked yeah. it, I checked it out from my local library when I was like a wee little boy. Shout out to Herndon Fortnightly. That's right, that was the one. Yeah, they had, they anyways, had it was just a really cool... I think the, the movie was pretty well done. Um, for those of you that haven't seen it, go watch it if you Daniel get a chance. Daniel uh, Radcliffe Fuck that, I want to see that movie then. Um, but it's cool because it takes place, they, it, it's basically a transplant into the 1920s pretty much in, in London, or in uh, New York, I'm sorry. And um, it was really cool because they, they, they basically um, go through what's it like to be in the 20s but also be a, like a magician or a wizard. Uh, not a magician, wizard. And, uh, and you encounter... A variety yeah. of different characters. You're such a nerd. You're such a... You don't even know anything. I do. <laughs> you're a poser. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, like I'm not going to lie. I'm totally a poser. You did that DC. I'm totally a poser. Huh? And you never touched a skateboard. Yeah. I, I, no, I wasn't definitely he's just a, a skateboard. No, you're just a nomad. It's okay. Yeah. I'm a nomad. That's true. <laughs> to an extent. But Filthy muggle. I've watched those uh, movies over <laughs> and over and over again. Not the books. Mud blood ass. Just to go back for a quick... <laughs> Since Adam did a 20-second review of, of of Sun, I'll do one of Fantastic Thank Beasts. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, good stuff. Yeah, there you go. So the main character, Newt, uh, just in the fact that I know Gingrich? that I'm in... No. He's part of the Hufflepuff house, so it's really good to have uh, someone other than Cedric Diggory to kind of represent your house, which is cool, um, even though it's back in the past. But it was still really cool. Um, I think the acting was very well done, um, just all, kind of on all parts. And coming from the movie typeset, um, the special effects were very, very awesome. There is one uh, one beast in there that is just basically water. It's basically liquid uh, in the way of its movements, and they rendered that so nicely. I was just in awe watching it in the theater. Um, but yeah, I think it was very, very good, and I know that J.K. has J.K. Rowling has approved for five movies. Wow! For for this to kind of continue, she's running out of Harry Potter money. Not necessarily <laughs> that. I mean, she 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 gives it, a lot of on, her money away too. Yeah. So they say. I mean, uh, I've read a couple tweets of her responding to people saying, like, why why do you need five movies? Which is a gut reaction to that, Um, especially since The Hobbit is such a small book and that was extended into three movies while 
the original Lord of the Rings is only one per one, one movie per book. But she, she, yeah, like I said, she's said on Twitter that she's building up to something within the narrative for five movies, and she actually wow. wrote the wrote the screenplay for Fantastic Beasts, uh, which I'm yeah. very excited about. So it's coming straight from the source, and not like Cursed Child. But that's a that's whole cool. other thing. <laughs> that's actually good to hear. You know, I like that the author of the novel is actually actively writing the screenplay. I didn't know that. That's actually very refreshing. I don't think that there's a lot of, you know, book like uh, Dan Brown, for example. I know that Inferno just came out recently and i don't think that there's a lot of authors that actually write the screenplay nowadays i don't know if he did that i don't know if dan brown actually did something like that but it's refreshing to hear he might have <clears throat> consulted oh for sure definitely um yeah. but yeah having it straight from the author without any co-authors or at least being listed on the credits as a co-author mm -hmm. um yeah we haven't really seen that in a while for movies wise um which is really cool Man, that's out of this world. Didn't mean to dog curse child. It actually is from JK, but someone else wrote it for her. That's crazy. <laughs> there was some, some some discrepancies that I found. Man, speaking of Newt, you know Newt Gingrich was the only guy that had a space program lined up? He had actual plans for NASA? I know he's fucking crazy. I don't like the guy. He's a piece of shit. But he actually had plans for NASA, which is pretty crazy. That's right. That is actually pretty cool, given the fact that they don't believe in climate change. Yeah, isn't that something? It's <laughs> sorry. crazy. But we believe in space travel. Yeah, I sorry. was reading uh, just, just Elon Musk was saying that a million humans could be living on Mars by 2060. I saw that article. It's on Nat Geo if you guys are interested. Um, we can maybe put a link up on the website or something like that. But it's very interesting. I didn't, you know. 2060? 2060. By the 2060s. A million people. A million. One million. Maybe living on Mars. Uh, in 40 years. In 40 years. You know what's... They did a documentary or some some sort of documentary uh, very similar to that about Mars and about how... About people going to Mars. We should... You know, we'll put a, post a link on it. Um, but I saw commercials for it. I think it was supposed to be on either the Travel Channel or Nat Geo or one of those um, one of those channels. It actually looked really cool. Man, it's crazy. I mean, <clears throat> I was reading another thing on NASA... They were saying that they have figured out a way to use, like, microwaves to propel the ships instead of using rocket, like, uh, rocket fuel. So instead of using, like, xenon gas, what they're doing is uh, they're taking, what is it? It's like a, it's an electromagnetic drive, which is basically like a generator, and it bounces the... Uh, the microwaves off of the thing that they're in and it, propel it propels it forward. What? That's like a super reductionist idiot version because I have no idea. Well, the, the whole point with an electromagnetic engine is is supposed to be self-powered. Self-powered, right, yeah. correct. Because, you know, electromagnetics work what does that mean? Like copper wire. Actual energy? Yeah, so yeah. if you, have you ever seen or built an electromagnet? So I'm going to give you a very graphic image. If this is a coil, and this is a magnet, yeah, and it does yeah. this, right, right. it creates energy. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. So, so they're using that uh -huh. to create microwaves that propel a ship forward instead of having uh, rocket fuel. Which is a very cost-effective way of doing things. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're yeah, saying they're that so much money one of the that. biggest problems, and the thing is that they're, it defies classical physics. Now, I know Tori can explain all of this, but it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I... I teach root and teach elementary science but yeah the it's 
She's I'm, I'm in a lot. I'm, bef- I'm befrizzled, befuddled. It's it's amazing what what we're doing, even now, even though we have an, a literal fraction of the budget that we did during the Star Wars. It's it's amazing what we what we've been developing and what we're about to develop. I know NASA wants to get people by Mars by 2030. Yeah. And to hear that number in 30 years after that to have a million people a million on that. People. It's kind of that's, exciting. I've, I'm very verklempt. <laughs> that's awesome. You're very what? Verklempt. So, so I like this word. This is that word. Does this involve restructuring Mars's atmosphere completely? Oh, definitely terraforming. Yeah, we definitely have to terraform. Yeah. So that um, we'll be in a contained environment, or we'll be using the planet's natural environment, or are we manipulating a combination that? Of, the, Both. of the two? Because well, we'll leave it to Elon Musk if he's still alive in whatever forty years. Um, but I'd imagine it has to do with a lot of like drilling, because I'm sure that there's a lot of you know subterranean shit like oil. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're doing on Earth that is causing climate change, yes, it is fucking real. There is science that proves it. Is that because we're drilling so much, it changes the entire atmosphere. So doing something like that on Mars would definitely change the atmosphere, maybe for worse, maybe for better. But we'd have to figure out a way to make it where it actually develops an atmosphere in the first place, right? There, There is an atmosphere on Mars. It's not for, hum- for humans. Like we, as in literature and movies... We can't breathe on any other planet except for Earth without any spacesuit or helmet or anything like that. Um, you bring up a really good point, Gurren, that we're basically terraforming our own planet and that's changing it in positives, but also a lot of negatives. And that's <clears throat> kind of the main argument that I've seen for going to Mars is we're going to have to terraform no matter what. Mm-hmm. It might be a little, it might be a lot, but we have to, to even put facilities there to, to walk around and to breathe in i mean you got to secure that into the ground somehow and you got to terraform you you got to move the earth well the mars the martian earth you have to move that terra to build stuff on i mean that's what we do here that's what you're going to have to do anywhere so that's i know that's one of the main things one, one of the more prominent arguments against going to mars I think this whole idea just sort of baffles my mind that we could, as humans in our lifetime, be, you know, inhabiting a different planet. I mean... That's awesome. On, okay, but on one hand, we're destroying our planet very rapidly, yeah. right? And so it would be like the same people who would want to invest like going back to what we were saying earlier the same people who would want to invest in like space travel be the same people who deny climate change here on our planet if we're messing up our planet so much and we can terraform a completely new planet why don't we just fix our planet right i mean tell that to the people that don't believe in climate change ain't it backwards though everyone has seen wally right (laughs) <laughs> what has everybody seen Wally? Yeah, that no, movie actually. made me feel things. What? What? Okay, everyone watch Wally either in this in this podcast and in listenership because it's basically a 
subtle, not subtle, but kind of subtle social commentary of what's happening to our Earth. We're using it and abusing it, and all the Earth, all the people from Earth leave Earth and go live in space and says, we're going to leave our problems here. And it's unlovable. It's unhabitable right now. And until we know for sure that there's life and that planetary, that plant is there and can live there, then we'll move back. Yeah. It's a very uh, (laughs) escapist mentality. Like, oh, we have a lot of shit here. Let's just sweep it under the rug and move somewhere else. I feel like that was the same idea. Like, that's why it's called colonization. (laughs) Being colonial was the same shit back in the 1600s as it is now. Except now you're looking at a different planet, not a different continent. Which, in the span of 700 years, as humanity, that's remarkable. That is mind-blowing that you are able to come up with being able to go to a different planet. But, you know, when a guy wants to marry another guy, you think that's wrong. You see what I mean? Like, it all comes back to, like, how far we have progressed as a race, the human race, you know, as community puts it. Um, Because we are all human beings. Shout out to Greendale Community College. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like, how are we so ahead and behind? Like, ain't nothing worse than a smart, dumb, soggy. That is what it is at its core. It's a bunch of very intelligent people that have come together to move our entire race forward. And yet they're caught up about something how they personally feel about. Like... It's mind-blowing. It's it's amazing. It's the premise of Man, Man, uh, Man of Steel. Where Zod is like, oh, humans, they're not going to be able to move forward because they're too emotional. Mm-hmm. And, man, that shit resonated with me so hard. Because it's like, you're right. In order for us to move forward, we can't let our emotions take take place for everything else. Even though that might dictate a lot, it's not where we're going to be in 40 years, which may be Mars, as you know, Musk has put it. To a certain point, you gotta you got to inhibit your emotions that's going to be negative and for not sure. make yeah, you for move sure. forward. Yes, the emotion of rallying together and community and trying to move forward to do anything, really, not just go to Mars, but just go mm-hmm. and do anything. But yeah, if there's too much emotion and too much personal interest, too much personal stake in there, it's gonna it's gonna limit anybody. Yeah man. Adam, what do you think? My question is, if we do end up on Mars, yo, Faisal Asif, mm-hmm. does that mean we just have to, like, when we're, when we're trying to pray, does that mean we just have to face Earth? Well, that's my thing, though. Like, <laughs> that's a good-ass question. But my whole thing is that, like, well, not my whole thing, but, like, an idea of it would be, like, is religion obsolete at that point? No. Why not? Yes. I mean, like, Why? if you're able to do that much more, like... Something like that wasn't fathomable at the time of the prophet or whatever. Yeah, but it doesn't answer. Whatever, it doesn't but... answer a lot of things. It doesn't answer where we came from. Just because we go to another planet or we discover a new land or a new continent or whatever doesn't answer. And you know, a lot how of do you know that, that going to Mars does. wouldn't wouldn't show you something else? Like, isn't there a theory where uh, uh, people said that we actually started on Mars? I just fucking crazy. I'm going into like some conspiracy territory shit where it's like, no, 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 no. yeah, right. Um, where we started on Mars and we actually came to Earth and terraformed Earth in order for us to be, you know, yeah. living here. Yeah. So, what if in 2060 when we go there, we find some shit, we find like ruins and shit? I feel like at that point, you would have to question more than just the Earth, Earthling religions. Okay. 
what evidence is there that we? I'm not. I'm just saying it's a it's a theory. I'm not. I'm not. It's not like there's no it's there's no fact behind it. I'm just giving you a. It's a what if. It's yeah. Okay. It's a very. I'm just giving you a scenario. Like it's something to think about. Like if we can go to the moon and do all this other shit. You know what I mean? It's interesting. If we came from Mars. And we uncover scripture or religious artifacts or anything that contradict anything we believe on Earth. And absolutely, if it's if you can prove that we came from Mars and that uh, what we discover came before us, then absolutely, if it contradicts what we believe here on Earth, then we have a lot of questioning to do. Right. But that's speculation. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's speculation as to whether we're even go to Mars. Well, yeah. what's the thought process on us even, like, let's say hypothetically, we, that that was something that was written, you know, for us to go to Mars. Like preordained? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. you know, we obviously, yeah, believe, yeah. we obviously yeah. believe in like things mm-hmm. that were written or, you know, yeah. especially, you know, those that are of the Muslim or even yeah. um, Hindu faith. Um, you know, you believe that things were kind of predestined or mm-hmm. you, know, you were meant to find out about something or XYZ path led you to this decision that you had to make. You know, so it's that could be something that's, you know, and we still organize religion in general is also belief in like a higher power, something that does not exist. It's like a meta. It's it's a belief. It's faith for a reason. Right. It's right, called yeah. faith. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you don't necessarily see it in front of your eyes, but it's around you. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, that's uh, not to get too deep and meta. What does our uh, theological expert think? Yeah. Adam. I, I agree. Um, pretty much with what else I've said, I think that, you know, there's this idea of predeterminism or predestination within many Abrahamic faiths. And I think that should we get on Mars and something like that happens, I mean, what's to say that it wasn't preordained, you know, God, it's a, God didn't make just earth, you know, God made all that. So, you know, I feel like it'd just be something for us to figure out. Either that or, like, we're just going to force the aliens to believe our religion because people are terrible like that, you know? Right. And at that right. point, how good is your religion if you're forcing it that hard? <laughs> you know? Oh, I didn't say that. Exactly. Very but that's the point. That's, like, that's pr- you're you're enforcing groups, what man. you believe in, your religion, to fucking aliens. <laughs> Yeah, Yo, that's tell that to the yeah, aliens. Maybe they think we're aliens. Blow your we're ass aliens. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, if you think about it, like on one <laughs> hand, it's what you believe, like it's the creation of the beginning of mm-hmm. everything, right? But think about how, how egocentric that is. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a, that, that, and that's so, my point: is egocentrism. Yeah. Like Earthlings, like for the longest time, we thought Earth was the only thing there, and everything revolves around us. Yeah. And now we're trying to go to a different fucking planet. Mm-hmm. You see that? I guess that's my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we used to believe that the sun revolved around us. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, it doesn't? So let's go somewhere else. <laughs> take the ship and go that way. Not necessarily that, but yeah. It's humble humble beginnings. Yeah. Definitely. But how humble are we if we thought everything revolved around us? Humble in the way of primitive thinking or un- 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 uninformed thinking. Well, you know, why don't we think about what we're thankful for? Okay. <laughs> why don't we think about what we're thankful for? Since given thankful, given that it's uh, almost thankful. Thanksgiving, I'm so thankful. I'm very thankful for the National Football League <laughs> and for having I'm three so games for the Green Bay Packers. You know what? We don't need to get into that on this podcast. Losing. 
You know, every single Gunner week has a bone to pick seven. with me for some reason today. Since I don't know why he's picking a bone, like... but I get it. You know, because the Dallas Cowboys well, haven't really gone anywhere in the past few years. So you know, well, he's finally yeah, riding high. Let me know how many rings you all have. Uh, we have a lot more than the, the Dallas Cowboys. So. Five. There's a yeah, reason. Seven? There's a reason they call us Title Town. Really? Because right now y'all sound like yeah, that, that cheese is starting to smell real wrong bad. Wrong right argument to go down. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. Nope. Uh, on nope. a different, different note, <laughs> I'm just glad that Thanksgiving's around the corner. I think it's a good time to reflect. It's a good time to be Fuck with friends, you, awesome. family. I'm so thankful for you. Yeah, and I I'm love thank- you, bro. <laughs> I love you. I'm thankful. I love you too, bro. Yeah. I love you too. Awesome is in a different astral plane right now. We talking about aliens and shit. <laughs> talking about my feelings, bro. I'm talking about my feelings. <laughs> My emotions. Someone sent me an emoji yesterday that said, <laughs> I was like, man, y'all, you Redskins fans talk all this shit, but you haven't gone anywhere in the past XYZ amount of years. And they were like, someone sent the emoji, dance, or the uh, memes, damn, this dude caught feelings. Help me, <laughs> come help me. He was like a life alert shit. I was like, damn, you're right, I'm in my feelings. <laughs> well, you know, I'm thankful for the Dallas Cowboys being 9-1. and one. Correct. They deserve it. Um... But no, actually, though, I feel bad for the Packers because now you know how we felt last year. Yeah. By we, I mean the Dallas Cowboys because I have no association with them other than them, that I like them. Because <laughs> I hate when people are like, we, motherfucker, you didn't go on that field and toss that ball around and get me hit by a fucking 300-pound motherfucker. Don't use that collective we. we. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. what I'm saying. Don't use that collective we. You didn't earn that $350 million on that field. Preach. Did bring Asif? What? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got no rings, bro. Exactly. I'm not married yet. I'm not married yet. You, you don't have those titles. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but Thanksgiving's around the corner, and uh, we had Friendsgiving. Huh? Yeah, around the, around the corner. And we had a th- Friendsgiving this over this past weekend, and it was a lot of fun. I think we uh, enjoyed some time together. We had some good food, and uh, we enjoyed the nice weather and the fall foliage that is foliage. around Richmond. Um, and the wind. And the wind. And um, we just wanted to ask some of our users, and also around the around the mic, what are some um, what are some Thanksgiving traditions that you guys usually delve into, if you, if there are any? Man, that's for American people. You know, let me tell you. I'm gonna tell you an embarrassing story. You ready? I'm American. It's an idiot story. <laughs> Sorry. This is when I was stupid. <laughs> I'm still pretty stupid. I don't know my ass from my elbow. I had a professor in VCU. It was a cell biology class. She's from Australia. And my big dumb ass went up to her. This was around Thanksgiving time. I said, do you have Thanksgiving in Australia? It's oh, <laughs> <laughs> a kindergartner question. No, it is, though. I mean, I did well in the class. Mm. The irony is that I got an A in the class. But she's like, how the fuck did you pass cell biology? And you asked me a question like that. <laughs> I promise you, we turn out some good people at VCU. Karen is one of those people. <laughs> There's a reason I went to college, kids. Yeah. I, I now know they yeah. don't have Thanksgiving in Australia. <laughs> they didn't have pilgrims there. They had Aboriginals. Aborigines. There you go. Uh, but that, that's what fifty grand gets you right there. Is that fifty? Spend that much money. Damn. Um, but actually, do I actually do have a few uh, Thanksgiving traditions that I at least our family does, and they're really basic. But it's more so like. 
you know, we um, I watch football, which is always a good thing. <laughs> Redskins, Cow- Redskins, Cowboys um, this year, which is always a good. Not, yeah, Cowboys and Indians. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to that. But um, that's that's usually a tradition that happens all almost every year. I always usually try to tune into some of the good football games because they 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 schedule it that way because they know somehow that you know teams are gonna be meeting up and it's gonna be a big time of the year. Um. Speaking of that, real quick, uh, I think around Christmas time they're doing the same thing as where all the football games are going to be played on Saturday, uh, the, because Christmas is on a Sunday this year, I believe. Oh, okay. So they're playing all the games on Christmas Eve instead of on Sunday, so that everybody can be with their families on Christmas, which is pretty nice. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good thing. It's a really good thing. Mm. What about you, Tori? I know you uh, asked the fundamental question of are there any traditions. Well, I was curious, just from a super American family in contrast. Yeah. Um, I figured that's why you asked. Yeah, because I was, I was interested. Uh, a couple, we have a couple of traditions. Um, one of the main ones is just super uh, super basic, but we watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And oh, nice. In the beginning, uh, stuffing the turkey and all that, my, my mom adds like her secret ingredients to the, to the stuffing and... Subsequently, even though she's vegetarian, she puts sausage in the in half of the stuffing for everybody, and always makes me a little little bowl of sausage. That's awesome. And we watch the we we all watch the parade and have a good time, and then okay, let's get back to the turkey type thing. But it's it's a nice little quiet moment right before basting and yeah and all that, and then catching up with everybody family wise. Uh, usually my family from North Carolina comes up. We don't really see them that, off, that much. So mm-hmm. we always have a good back and forth of they come up here for Thanksgiving, we go down there for Christmas slash my birthday. And yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. That cool. sounds good. I think the holidays are something, you know, really special. And regardless of like, you know, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, I've always had a special affinity for this time of the year. I don't know. It's not, it's not because I... I, I like celebrate it, but I think it's just it's kind of cool. It's like it's too get, fucking cold. It is cold. Fuck that shit. I ain't built for this. Mm-hmm. It is cold, and I know. I don't Faisal like winter time. I know Faisal agrees with me one hundred percent. I'd rather have it be ninety five degrees than thirty five. Say it. Say it. Like it's, fuck that shit. Because where where our families are from, where we're from, man, you know? bro. Look, I know a lot of brown people that are like, yeah, man, cold weather is awesome. And immediately, I'm like, you're not brown anymore. You lost that card. You're not allowed to play it in any situation anymore. As soon as you're like, no, cold weather is great. No, fuck that. Where you come from is not cold there. And when it gets cold, you don't get to eat food because of crops frozen over. Damn. Yo, preach. Um, it's also really cold here because of the wind. Yeah. And climate change. And climate change. And climate change. It still snows. No, but. In July. In July. But yeah, though especially here in Richmond, the wind chill is especially is lately very prominent. I think it's been most well. I can't say most cities because like LA um, or Miami. I think like in cities in general, I think they just create wind tunnels. Mm. I think Richmond or Central Virginia is significantly warmer than Nova. Nova is oh, a yeah. different beast. Absolutely, it's a different beast of cold. For real. Oh, really? Yes, it is significantly colder. It changes on like driving between here. And Nova, a lot colder. It gets like twenty degrees cooler. Yeah. Like Adam, what's the temperature up there right I, I now? I don't think it's twenty degrees. It's probably like five. Dude, let me tell you, it feels thirty. <laughs> it feels thirty degrees colder. 
Okay, so my family's Thanksgiving traditions are kind of interesting. We roll like 60 people deep every year or something. Um, my family always makes like a like a turkey satay, which I think is pretty funny. And uh, flag football is usually what we do. Interesting. That's Your family is amazing. That's bro. very American. Yeah, it's it's like typ- like stereotypically American. Besides, like how we season our turkeys and stuff. Hmm. Your family is so welcoming. Just mashallah. I just gotta say that, bro. Your oh yeah, yeah. You're, very, welcome. Very You're welcome. You're welcome at the. You, you always gotta sit at the table with us, all of you. By the Thank way, you. so it's like always a thing. No, but when you, when your family came to Richmond and for um for a graduation ceremony, dude, they were so welcoming. They're so nice. Uh, they like invite you to come eat food and hang out for the rest of the day. They're just like very. Very very nice people, Marshall. So and then Shout like out. once they meet you, once they meet you, they don't stop talking about you. Like my mom still asks about you, Asif. It's funny. I love her. Yeah, my mom asks about Asif too. I love her too. <laughs> man, it's crazy. So about these protests here. So we're recording. Yeah, man. Hi. Man. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Is this a risky click? Is this the risky click of the day? You're opening a can of worms. We'll, we'll briefly open a can of worms and just discuss that if you guys haven't seen uh, for the past week after the election, many major cities were holding protests of uh, places like L.A., New York, Portland, Oregon, um, Charlotte, Charlotte uh, Oakland, Richmond, yeah. and in our backyard in Richmond and oh yeah, in D.C. too. And DC. Um, definitely. In your backyard. Yeah. In my and, backyard. And yeah, it's a statement. And a lot of people think it's positive. A lot of people think it's negative. Uh, but it's something that's happening. It's something that's happening after this this election and, the pre- and then now the new president-elect. It's definitely a response. It may or may not be productive, according to some people, but... Some people take out take out their their emotions and feelings through marches, and sometimes that leads to riots. And once again, not saying that it's positive, not saying that it's negative per se, but that's the facts. Yeah, man. Well said. I think uh, there's a lot of different you know points of view on this issue and this topic. Uh, I know our group feels certain ways and that's you know certain people have different feelings about the, the issue um, but uh, we want to know how you guys feel about it too and we might supplant some some footage from the RVA um, riots or protests or whatever you want to call it because um, I know Dizzy uh, took some some good stuff so yeah I was out in the field um, I was out during one of the biggest protests uh, that happened immediately after the um, results were no 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 not immediately the night after the night after the same day but the night uh, after it was revealed um, we had over a thousand people flooding our streets Um, and and you know there's a lot to to be said I I was out there as well I was protesting Um, you know I felt some type of way but yeah, we'll, we have footage of it. It was really crazy. The I think the cops did a very great job. Um, from my perspective, it didn't seem like it was 
uh, very destructive. Um, according to certain news outlets, some things were a little bit exaggerated. Uh, you know, I felt for the most part we were uh, civil, we were respectful. Uh, I did not see any arrests, I did not see any property damage, any vandalism or anything like that. But the news reports were, were saying, you know, were saying those. Maybe there were separate incidents, uh, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't a witness to any of that. Just to comment on some of that, I, mean, I think also uh, there, there were some damages that happened from the Richmond protest. Um, the there was, there was yeah, more yeah. than one, though. Yeah, there, there definitely was no, more than one damages. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 but the overarching night. Yes. Yeah. The overarching night. Mm -hmm. um, that night, the Republican Party of Virginia was vandalized. Yeah. Uh, and um, like a brick was thrown into, and uh, it was, and to be honest, that's that, that type of stuff to me is not acceptable. And I think um, all of us here don't condone that. We're obviously very peaceful folks, and we want to make sure that protests are done the right way. Um, so that's something that happened that night. And then I believe there were, uh, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I think I'm, I'm pretty close and positive on the fact that there were 10 arrests yeah, that happened like that. Yeah. That happened that night. And so, um, but uh, like I said, I think Faisal said overall, it, it was pretty, uh, peaceful. Yeah, man. There was a lot that can be said there. Um, the police did a really great job. Well, the the police did a really great job controlling traffic but i feel that they did a bad job dealing with us uh in the beginning they kind of just blocked us off they you know they didn't they kind of contained us along broad street and didn't allow us to go anywhere and then they opened it up and they sort of were ahead of us and behind us kind of guiding our way throughout the city kind of like escorting us throughout the whole thing uh, making sure traffic was going around us making sure there were no stoppages you know traffic was flowing right so i think in that sense the police did uh, a good job but i mean i there are definitely people there who wanted to play like the cat and mouse escape route game like no you know we're protesting you, you know, we're protesting police brutality. We're protesting a lot of things, a lot of different chants were said that night. But people wanted to, you know, kind of escape that and do their own thing. But I think a lot can be said about group think. You know what I mean? Uh, during during the protests, I, I, I thought it was really fascinating that things would happen very spontaneously and without thought almost it's like when you look up in the sky and you observe some birds right and like one bird has a single micro course correction and that influences the direction of the entire flock similarly one person's like uh marshall street and then a thousand people follow you know what i mean just one minor little thing influences the entire crowd and i think during that uh rage this emotional cloudiness people are more influenced they're more likely to act out in irrational ways um but yeah i feel like there's a lot that can be said there uh just peep the footage it was really wild um yeah i feel like what we can all agree on is that it is our right to have a peaceful assembly to have a peaceful protest and i think that everybody wants to do that you know I was having a conversation with some people at work and getting their input on the riots a couple days after and the week of or the protest rather um, 
And I think a lot of the people brought up good points. They said that there's going to be those people that influence the crowd, like you said, groupthink, to go ahead and start a riot. They're going to be those people that kind of deviate from the path of this is a peaceful gathering of people that don't like something, which is completely okay. And then there's going to be those handful of people that are like, let's just fuck shit up. Let's just go around and and damage stuff and, and cause damage. And I know that that's not the intention of the entire group, but those people start to influence everyone else. Yeah. And you know, and and that's the worst part. I I also believe that there are provocateurs, you know, amongst us hired people to kind of really mess things up for people, uh, professional protesters, you know, hired by certain people to kind of ruin the image of everything else. We had provocateurs at the, um, uh, wall street one. We've had them at, it's a very big controversial thing, but you're right though. A few select handful of people can really turn the tide of the entire momentum, the entire movement into something that's very dangerous, especially when, you know, it cannot be controlled by a few cars or a few officers. You and know? that's, and that's my thing is like, now you said that the officers were kind of guiding you as yeah. to where your path was yeah. and where you were going. I think that mm-hmm. was, as much for your protection as, as the yes, city. You absolutely. Know what I mean? absolutely. Because I understand it as a protest and you guys are, you know, everyone has a right to do that. But when you start to infringe on, on, on significant corridors, like I know the I-95 was blocked off for a little bit mm-hmm. and you start to get into, into the traffic patterns and doing all that sort of stuff, you kind of start deviating from the, pro, from what the protest was meant for. Right. And that kind of, and that kind of, you know, that kind of also hinders the cause when you, when you cut off a corridor, yes, that is the in and out for the only level one trauma center in central Virginia, that causes a problem and I'm not okay with that. Okay. But there's also some things to be said there too. Um, one you have to understand that that is a very deep emotional response to something. People are not in their emotion. They're not in their logical mindsets. I agree. You know what I mean? You're not thinking like a thousand thoughts per second. You're in your emotions, right? And so when you're clouded by emotion, you're not thinking logically. And so, you know, I think the police did a good job about handling the traffic. Mm -hmm. I think a handful of people kind of messed it up a little bit. Um, But in the moment, you can't really blame someone for feeling how they feel. You know what I mean? I'm not blaming them at all for feeling how they're feeling. Well, you kind of are because you're telling them it's kind of dumb to be blocking traffic. You know what I mean? Well, that, I mean, you can't. You have to understand that when you're in there, you're not really, when you're in that mob, when you're a thousand deep or more, you're not thinking like that. And I you think can say that because you're I, not there. I think, that, I think that you should be responsible for yourself. You shouldn't have that mentality of, oh, because I'm in a mob, it's okay. All right, so I think historically there sets a lot of precedent, though, blocking traffic and stuff. Organized disobedience, for the most part, 
and this is where I this is where I kind of am on the fence because you know I agree that you you know critical infrastructure was being interrupted, but oftentimes in this country that that needs to be done so issues can be addressed. I think organized disobedience in the time of the civil rights movement disrupting massive forms of infrastructure like destroy like messing with the bus runs, you know sitting in on local businesses and things like that blocking you know, police stations, this, that stuff paved the way for people of color like us to even be in this country. And I think that by kind of saying, hey, this is irresponsible, and I agree it is, I'm on the fence for that reason alone, that historically this these tactics have proven to work, is one point, right? And I got in an argument with this dude on Facebook about it where he was like, he he sounded like it was a personal inconvenience to him. He was like, I can't believe people were yelling like F Trump, F Trump. I'm trying to study for my exams. This is not how change gets done. And this dude was like Arab. So I got really mad. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, you need to study your history. He's like, Martin Luther King didn't do this. I was like, are you kidding me? He disrupted infrastructure whenever he could to the point that the FBI wanted him assassinated. Like he was, he was public enemy number one. You know, he, he was like a harbinger of civil disobedience. The march on because Washington can yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like our, your your white American predecessors dumped a bunch of tea into the ocean. Yeah. And you're no, telling you're you right. know what I'm saying? Gives me perspective. You're right. So like that that made me really mad because I was like, you you know, like I was like, you think what do you think? You think that like MLK joined hands with the cops and saying kumbaya? Like that's not what happened. You know, he he had to send a message to society by disrupting the society's, you know, way of living. Because that's the only way they could. And I'm sorry, go ahead. you were gonna say something, Tori? No, no, no I'm oh yeah, Tori, uh, go ahead. Um just to kind of go off of that, I was during the election, I was out of Richmond. I was actually in King of Prussia, closer to Philadelphia, and experienced the experiencing this with my friend who I was with. Um, I was browsing through Facebook, and I noticed a an acquaintance of mine go went live to, for live streaming from her phone, and it was just a random click that sometimes happens. I get that notification, I ignore it, but. I click this and it's my, it's one of people that I know and and she's in the middle of that of that march. Um, that was that night. Granted, the president elect was announced about two a.m., three a.m., and then mm-hmm. that night mm-hmm. was the main one, which I'm assuming that's yeah. what you're into. Mm-hmm. Um, her her personal reasons for being in there, and this is why I said I preference this with. Everyone in that protest, everyone in that march has their own views, has their own agendas as to why they're in that march. And for her specifically was, and she repeated this over and over throughout her live stream because some people were commenting, uh, you know, why are you shouting obscenities? Why are you doing all this? She says specifically, I am protesting to make sure that my people of color still have a voice after this decision. And whenever the crowds would say, uh, KKK, no fascists, dump Trump, Mm -hmm. she would say the first part, but not the last part, because she was saying she does not, she's not protesting the outcome of the results, the winner or the loser or anything like that. Her personal reasons to be there was to make sure that 
Muslim voices were heard. Mexican voices were heard. Uh, anybody who is will be disenfranchised or might be disenfranchised because of this decision, that they will still be heard and they will still matter. Mm-hmm. And that's why I and not everyone was had that mentality there, as you probably heard and you probably right. saw. Yeah. And it will, I will agree it was wild seeing her run across I ninety five though that was. <sighs> That big hill yeah. where you cut that big hill right there, uh-huh. man. But that's that's my perspective on it, even though it wasn't really my perspective. But I I have to agree with that. I mean, what, protesting an outcome, yes, it the outcome might suck for some people, or it's good for some for other people. But the fact that she was protesting that reason. Right. It's, the, it's the potentiality of the consequences. Exactly. It's like the exactly. potential consequences. No, I understand that. You know, but I don't know. Like, I understand. And I appreciate Oh, yeah. I'm sure every, everyone me, understands this. I didn't even point. think of that. Like, you're right. Like, Boston Tea Party, civil rights, all of that. You're absolutely right. It was done because something significant was stopped. Something that was important was stopped in order to say, hey, this is also equally as important, if not more. So, I mean, I understand, but I I don't know. I guess it's the whole, your, your emotions get the best of you type of deal. Yeah, I remember that night. I was really on the fence about it. I had a homegirl hit me up like, yo, you know, we talked about it over the phone. How are you feeling about it? You know, I wasn't feeling, I was feeling some type of way. And initially, I was just going to use that night to myself for self-care because I was very submerged in a lot of different feelings. You know, it was a a roller coaster of emotion. Um, I was feeling very irate along with being sad. But she talked to me and I was like, you know, maybe this would be a healthy thing. We can talk out our frustrations. Maybe someone, you know, will kind of save their perspective at the protest. Maybe someone will spit a poem. We arrived there and it was already like, I don't know, 400 people deep. And then in a matter of like five minutes, it went from 400 to a thousand. Then all of a sudden it didn't turn into it was it, it didn't turn into like people just expressing themselves and turned into just like a whole beast like an uncontrollable thing but i think the question is i've been involved in protests for years you know since trayvon martin before trayvon martin i've been involved in a lot of protests in richmond and i have mixed feelings of, about protesting and the productivity of protesting you know on one hand i don't think it's very productive at all and I agree with you there but it for me that night it wasn't about being productive it wasn't about you know uh, you know challenging the system or anything like that it was more intrinsic it was more a personal thing like it, I felt like um, my voice needed to be heard and I feel like sharing space in a safe environment with other people that was my mentality going into it before we went on site you know what I mean? But, you know, things escalate quickly. And, you know, there are consequences to that, too. Sometimes they may be positive. Sometimes they're not productive. But you also must understand that people do that for personal reasons as well. You know, because the physical act of getting loud and using your energy, that's a release to a lot of people. That's how you get a lot of shit out, you know. So I think it serves a lot of different purposes. 
I think it depends on how you want to define productivity. Is it productive to use your first amendment if it is something that heals the soul of the people? Maybe it doesn't fix a system, but it heals the people. You know what I mean? Because the people need that. They need a voice. They need to, they, they need to express themselves in a certain type of way. You know, that's why I went out there that night. Not to fuck shit up because I was angry and I was like, ah, oh, you know, fuck John. No, I just felt like I just didn't know how to how else to express it. And I felt like I needed to be around people who are like-minded and people who, you know, maybe could, uh, I could find some consolation with. Well said. I I agree. The whole the whole situation is emotional. <clears throat> it is what it is. It's it's in the past now, and now yeah. we have to look forward. Yeah. In all sense of the word. Yeah. Absolutely. I think with Faisal's thoughts were well said. You know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. And with that note, just like <laughs> just like the rest of this week, it's been very unprecedented. You know, didn't get to talk about Goldberg coming back. But um, we'll save that. We'll save that for another time. Thanks for listening to Obvious Guys. We got pretty heavy there at the end. But uh, if you'd like to teach us or express yourselves with us, yeah, tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. You don't need to be censored with us. We are. This is a safe space. Anyone. And everyone is welcome. Definitely. And that's it. Peace, guys. Have a good one. If you would like to educate us, challenge us, or provide feedback, write to us at our email, abvi.us.podcast at gmail.com, or tweet us at obviouspodcast. Thank you.